The stories in this book have been told and retold, cherished and revered by literally billions of people over thousands of years. People have devoted their entire lives to studying this book. There are hundreds of thousands of commentaries on it. And many people believe that this book had to have been written by God. The Torah, what's so special about it? Why is it so mesmerizing? And how has it managed to capture the human imagination for millennia? I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at Ikar in Los Angeles, and together we're going to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. Hello, my name is In the Shadow of God. Nice to meet you. Whoa there, buddy. If someone introduced themselves that way at a party, I'd start backing away slowly, looking for an exit. But that is the actual meaning of B'Tzalel, the name given to the master builder of the tabernacle, that portable desert temple that we call the Mishkan. B'Tzalel, or B'Tzalel, means in the shadow of God. Well, a pretty heavy name. But then he's got a pretty heavy responsibility. His job is to take the divine vision communicated by Moses and turn it into a reality. Specifically, he will attempt to do the seemingly impossible, to build a place for God to dwell on earth. A formidable task indeed. But Betzalel seems up to the job, at least by this account. Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called him by name, Betzalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and has endowed him with a divine spirit, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of every kind of craft. Knowledge of every kind of craft. Not bad. Wisdom and understanding are good, too. But it's that divine spirit I'm really wondering about. Ruach Elohim. That's a pretty powerful phrase. It's creation language, in fact. We first saw it in the second verse of the Torah. The Ruach Elohim merachefet al pnei hamayim. The divine spirit hovered over the face of the deep. That was when there was still only chaos and void. So Betzalel too seems primed to create, to bring forth structure out of the void. But how exactly will he do it? And what will be so divine about it? Rashi gives us some insight into the nature of his special intuitions, and also a clue as to why he has this unique name. So the Torah said, Betzalel, son of Uri, did all that which God commanded Moses. And Rashi says, it doesn't just say that which God commanded, but rather all that which God commanded. Meaning, even things that his master Moses did not tell him Betzalel's mind accorded with that which had been said to Moses on Sinai. For, Rashi continues, Moses commanded Betzalel to make the vessels first and afterwards the tabernacle. But Betzalel said to him, the common practice of the world is to first make a house and afterwards to put furnishings into it. Moses said to him, that is exactly the way I heard it from the mouth of the Holy Blessed One. 
You are truly in God's shadow. Amar lo Moshe, betzel el hayita, for indeed, that is what the Holy One commanded me to do. Rashi gives us so much to work with here, so let's take it step by step. First, we see the chain of communication. God tells Moses how to build the Mishkan, and then Moses tells the plan to Betzalel, who puts it into action. That's the way it's supposed to work. But it seems like something is not getting through correctly, because there are two full versions of the instructions laid out in the Torah, and they are in different orders. In the version Moses related back in Parsha Truma, which we read three weeks ago, the very first thing Moses says is to build the ark, to hold the tablets of the covenant, then various other implements of the Mishkan, and only at the end does he mention the building of the Mishkan itself. But when we see Betzalel actually carrying out the construction, the first thing he builds is the Mishkan, the tabernacle structure. And only when that's done does he turn to build the ark. So which is the right order? Moses's or Betzalel's? Well, says Rashi, it turns out Betzalel was right. First of all, that's the way it has to be. You first have to build the house before you can put stuff in it. But more than that, and shockingly, Betzalel's building order is actually what God said originally. Moses is now admitting that he said it differently than how he had first heard it from God. And that's why, says Moses, they call you Betzalel in the shadow of God, because you reflect exactly what God projected. Now, wait just a minute. If you're following along carefully, you realize there's a major problem with this account. I mean, what the heck is Moses doing changing the order of things? The greatest prophet who ever lived, the mouthpiece of God, just kind of said it wrong? What, did he make a mistake? Or worse, did he change it on purpose? And what's going on here? To answer that, we need the legendary Jewish philosopher, the Maharal of Prague, who wrote a super commentary on Rashi's commentary called the Gurarya, which we've looked at before on this podcast. So he says, why didn't Moses command him to build the Mishkan first? Moses mentioned the vessels first because in truth, the vessels are more important than the Mishkan itself. And one should start with the essential thing. However, when it comes to the actual construction, one should start with the Mishkan, because the Mishkan holds the vessels. So Betzalel, who was appointed to do the act of construction, Hamaseh, understood that he had to make the Mishkan first. But Moses, who was appointed to do the teaching, Halimud, knew the whole scheme of the Mishkan, and for the purpose of teaching, he began with the vessels first. But when it came to the notion of practical implementation, he forgot what it was that goes first in reality until Betzalel came along and reminded him. That's why Moses said, you are in the shadow of God. For Moses was especially attuned to learning, but not to doing. Whereas Betzalel was a man of action. The general principle here is that Moses's knowledge came from study because that was his special purpose. And in study 
one begins with the essential things. But B'Tzalel's special purpose was action. And so the knowledge that came to him was how to make things. And that is how B'Tzalel knew how to make the Mishkan. Ugh, how much glorious theology the mighty Maharal finds embedded in this short piece of Rashi's commentary. Okay, first of all, Moses didn't miscommunicate the design of the tabernacle. He simply communicated a different aspect of that design. He was concerned with the principles and purposes of the Mishkan. And the primary purposes of this structure would be to hold the divine presence and to carry the Ark of the Covenant. So that's what matters to Moses. And he starts there. Who cares how it's built? The question is, what will it contain? What will be its essence? But B'Tzalel understands that the grandeur of Moses' perfect vision will amount to nothing if we can't figure out how to implement it in the real world. We have to be practical. We have to plan carefully. We have to be mindful of the details. And we have to start with the foundation, or we'll never be able to contain all of our lofty ideals. Moses and B'Tzalel, then, represent two religious archetypes. There's the prophet, the visionary, the theoretician, the one who lives in the world of ideas and abstractions. The prophets communicate with God directly, and their experience is pure transcendence and truth. But they ultimately don't know how to bring that vision down to earth. And then there is the builder. The builder is pragmatic and methodical. Builders know how to take the vision and make it a reality. They're people of action, people of skill. They know the order of things, what goes first and what must wait until the very end. They'll never reach the visionary heights of the prophet, but then there are things they know about God that the prophet never will. For the prophet can give us a stunning glimpse of the heavens, but it's only the builder who knows how to bring God down to earth. And that is the purpose of the Mishkan, to take the transcendent and to make it imminent, to invite the infinite to contract itself into a finite space here in this finite world. But Salel knows how to do that. He knows how to ground religious ideals in practical reality. And that is why he is called Betzalel, in the shadow of God. For when the blinding light of heaven shines down from above, the shadow is the image that finally makes it down to the ground. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom, and our theme song is Pitchuli by Hillel Tigay. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I-K-A-R-L-A. Thanks a lot and see you next week.